Now chat to Marissa Langeni, Hockey SA CEO. She joins me on the line. It's line one. Marissa, a warm welcome to the show and thank you so much for your time. Hello. All right, so maybe wrong line. Let me try the next line. Timmy says line one. Line one, Timmy. Oh, line two, Timmy. Nope, nobody. Wait, let's try again. Marissa? Good evening, Yeah, Robbie. there you are. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm keeping well. How are you? Always good. Always good. Thank you. How are you navigating? I mean, a third wave, COVID-19, and then you think Tokyo, and then I panic. I'm not too sure about you. It's feeling very strange. I think at the end of all of this, whenever that will be, we'll all be specialists at um, doing the hurdles. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's one hurdle (laughs) after the other. It is. It feels like it. But something that is sort of cemented, I mean, if it's in a tablet of stone, it is. And that is that both the men and women's teams have qualified for the Olympics. Is your office buzzing? And in terms of readiness, where are we? We are very excited. I think um, the players have been waiting a long time um, to get to the stage. And when um, Saskatch finally announced the, the first group of, of athletes that make up uh, part of Team South Africa, they were extremely elated. Um, and as much as they, they kind of knew that the, the, the team had qualified, until they actually saw their names on that screen mm. and saw the press release, they didn't believe it until it wasn't black and white. So extremely excited um i think the entire hockey community has just been their spirits have just been lifted by knowing that after all of the struggles the team will actually um eventually be on that plane to tokyo so um from that perspective we're extremely excited we know exactly what the olympics represents for for south africa for the continent in Mm -hmm. terms of representation Mm -hmm. and um, we can't wait for for the players to actually get to tokyo and uh, start and play that first game yeah, I mean, it is goosebumpy moments. And as you said, the entire hockey community, I'm sure, uh, celebrates in this really good news. But let's talk about uh, the readiness. Uh, everyone knows who they are. Yes, they're going. And now, I guess now what? You know, because it's a very different type of get ready. It isn't a get ready who can come along. Oh, mom, yes, I made it. You can come along too. You know, whoever can afford it uh, to support can actually go to Tokyo. And that isn't the case right now. So, I mean, in terms of leaving, do they leave early? Do they have to quarantine somewhere else prior to, you know, entering uh, Japan? How does it all work, Marissa? Yes, so um, it's been very interesting. I think the the IOC and and, um, the Tokyo Games local organizing committee has been working very hard to ensure that they put in place protocols that will deliver a very safe event for the participants in the first instance and obviously for the Tokyo community at large. So as you've mentioned, it's very different. we will be entering into an isolation period, specifically uh, for team sports, um, where teams have to ensure that they are in an environment where they are isolated. They need to test prior to entering a bubble. Mm-hmm. And they need to then have a a test 96 hours prior to departure from South Africa. They have to have a further test 72 hours prior to departure. They then have to test on arrival in Tokyo. And for the first three days, once they're there, they have to test on a daily basis. So it's very stringent. Um, I think that we've welcomed it because we are also feeling um, relieved that Mm -hmm. the protocols are as strict as they are. Mm -hmm. And I think even from our players' perspective, 
perspective. There's not a single person that's complaining about how many times they need to do a PCR test. Mm. They are just grateful that um, every participant that will be involved at the Games is going through the same protocols. So we all have a level of safety knowing that every single participant has gone through the same process and the protocols have been followed. So, So for the hockey teams, they will definitely be in isolation from 10 days prior to departure to the Games. They have to comply with the COVID playbook that's issued by Tokyo. And that playbook also stipulates that from 14 days prior to arrival in Japan, they need to start withdrawing themselves from social activity, whether it's work or going to the gym or, you know, attending a birthday party or a barbecue. Mm. They're not allowed to participate in social activities of that nature. So we've worked very hard with our medical team led by Dr. Gavin Chang, and this has been drilled into the players, and they kind of know what is expected of them. But I think most importantly, they know what is at stake. If you test positive beyond the 1st of July, the likelihood of you getting onto that plane is minimal. So the players themselves know what is at stake. And this goes also for officials that are going to Mm. the Games um, that are appointed by the International Hockey Federation. This goes for them as well. So the protocols are very stringent. And we've started um, doing a lot of that now, Um, Romy. For example, the SA men Mm -hmm. are currently at Northwest University. They are participating in a series which has been backed by CTM as part of their preparation. Mm -hmm. And even there, leading into that series, they have followed exactly the same protocols as Tokyo. So it's been a bit of a dry run for us. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking and I'm listening to you as you're talking and I'm I'm almost wanting to say, but Marissa, shouldn't you just gather everyone? You know, I guess it's the mother in me. (laughs) Like, gather everybody, mother hen, and go and find a safe space for everybody. Now put them there and keep them there. Because such a... Yes, there's so much at stake. You know, you represent your country uh, at its highest level and for the smallest thing to happen. You know, you live in a house with other people who might be at a birthday party. Uh, You come home... Uh, you didn't go anywhere. You know, you, you're you following protocol. You're doing everything mm. that you need to. And, I mean, there there is that slight chance. I guess there yeah. always is, right? Whether you're staying at home minding your own business, other people are in and out. And so isn't there something like that in mind to create a bubble uh, prior to everybody leaving to ensure extra safety and that you aren't saying, you know what, sorry, you can't go. Absolutely. It's it's a very delicate um, situation because as you're saying that everybody lives with a family or is at university or wherever they live, you know, from their day-to-day lives. And it's it's very, very delicate. We have asked our players to please engage directly with their family members, people that they are in contact with all the time. And a lot of the families are adopting the same protocols that we have. Mm -hmm. And some of the families are even prepared to do weekly um, rapid antigen tests just to make sure that there is something we quickly catch it um early Soon, so yeah. that we can react so a lot of the players are, are following the protocols they are extremely cautious um we are of course ex- uh, concerned especially around um players that are involved like as teachers at schools and that has come as a huge concern mm-hmm. granted all of the uh, team south africa members have been vaccinated and um, I see today the announcement from the Minister of Basic Education is that teachers also will be vaccinated right. from Wednesday onwards. So that will have a bit of a layer of, of protection in terms of 
um, whether the person will get a serious bout of COVID-19 or not. Mm. But the risk of infection remains. And hence, the responsibility on the player is so great. They have to try and manage external factors that might not necessarily be within Mm. their control. Mm. Mm. And that's what's making this so difficult for all of us. I almost want to put that on your shoulders and say, but isn't that your responsibility as Hockey SA CEO to kind of cushion that blow off of them onto you? And so therefore, I guess maybe a a monetary uh, situation where Hockey SA goes to look for that safe space. So everybody, I guess it would be easier for some to navigate than others, you know, Marissa. And so hence, I'm putting it back to you to say, can't you? Would you? Are you able to? We are able to, to a degree. Um, we, we have been in discussions with all of our coaching staff, and we've kind of agreed on dates when the team will completely isolate and move away from home and move into a central venue. We've partnered with the Northwest University to assist us with that. We've had some sponsors that have come on board that said, listen, we want to back the team. We want to put some money towards making sure that they remain safe. But remember, besides just being hockey players, a lot of these individuals also work. Yeah. And they need to finalize a lot of those arrangements with, with employers. But, you know, we've, we've submitted letters to all of the players. We've given them medical notes to also explain to um, their work environments, to, to academic institutions, the necessity for players to start withdrawing as a minimum 14 days prior to departure. Mm. Um, and, and a lot of people have embraced that. We've had one or two institutions coming back to clarify a few things. But largely, everybody has embraced it. All of our overseas-based players have returned back home. Um, so at least we've taken them out of that environment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also trying to limit um, the time that they would need to quarantine. If there's a need to quarantine, we've, we've tried to remove a lot of those barriers. Right. But yes, it is a sensitive time. Um, I think the players are up to the task of ensuring that they manage as much as of their exposure as possible. There has also been a lot of talk about withdrawing players from local leagues. Um, fortunately, at this stage, we have stopped all hockey until the end of, of June mm-hmm. um, in terms of our domestic hockey, just because of the third wave. Yeah. So that also will help to alleviate the amount of exposure that players have Granted, they have to prepare in their own way, but it needs to be in a very safe way. Mm, mm, It is. It is so tough because you're thinking readiness, prepare, prepare together. No, don't prepare together. Stay alone. Stay fit. (laughs) There's so much to do, so little time, and then you've got to make it to the other end of the world as safely as is possible. My next thing is then we need a private jet, Marissa, because to keep them safe, I mean, for the extra couple of hours, I don't know how long are they in an aeroplane for, a private jet is the way to go, don't you think? If there's somebody that's listening to this show right now that would love to put that on the table with Sanskrit, we are open to the discussion. But but I agree with you. You know, we we are so anxious. And, I, and, and this is the worry that I have with, with our players as well, is that it's also creating a, a degree of anxiety that normally would not be there in any preparation for a major tournament mm. of this level. So some of the excitement quickly dis- dissipated because then they were like, oh, gosh, we've, we've got to. We've got to stay negative. We've got to stay negative. And, and it, it's, it's been a worry. Um, our protocols have also extended to, to our reserves because mm-hmm. we, in, in this particular scenario, we have to make sure that even the reserves are safe. And we even have reserve of the reserves. Wow. Because everything is just so um, 
uncertain. Yeah. Uncertain, and the risk remains extremely high. Um, and the fact that South Africa has entered into this third wave has just elevated that anxiety mm. um, and the need to try and keep our players as safe as possible. Yeah. What happens on the other end? And Lord forbid something does happen to an athlete while they're there. What is the protocol then to bring that player home as, as safely as is possible? Or do they stay in Tokyo until they test negative before entering South Africa again? Unfortunately, that will be the protocol. Um, the, the playbook that's been issued by the IOC um, actually stretches out the process as to what would happen. So anytime a player would test positive, they would obviously be isolated as per the Tokyo government protocols, um, and they would then only be able to travel back to South Africa with a negative PCR test. Mm. So it's important... Um, for all players and all officials and even volunteers that are traveling to the games to, as far as possible, follow the protocols, ensure that they remain negative for as long as possible, because the last thing you want to do is compete and then contract the virus two or three days prior to returning home and then having to stay in Tokyo for anything that could be 14 to 20 days. Um, Everybody responds differently to the virus. Mm. Some people continue to test positive long after they've um, gone through their 10 to 14 days isolation. So it's it's, it's very delicate Mm. um, all round. Yeah, a very delicate situation. A lot has been spoken about hockey in the country, women's hockey, men's hockey, cultural diversity, race as well. In your opinion, those that made the cut reflective of a rainbow nation being South Africa, or is it really reflective merit that these players chosen... um, are chosen because they deserve to be there? All players chosen to represent um, the hockey teams at Tokyo Games have been chosen on merit, and they deserve to be there. We are fortunate that we have not had a single um, challenge around representativity. Our selection panels have not had to stay up (laughs) sleepless nights or pulling their hair out. They've been able to give us teams that are selected on merit, are representative of the demographics of our country and players that they believe can perform at that level of the game. Mm. I guess it's pressure already. It's pressure in the midst of a pandemic. But is there pressure from the association side that says we want a gold? I mean, gold would be nice. But is there that extra pressure or is it really go out there and put your best boot forward? I think it's because it's such a weird um, situation to be in. We have to be cognizant of the fact that most of our teams, in fact, both of our teams have had very limited preparation Mm. for these games. Um, Unlike our peers that are based in Europe and who have been under the same COVID protocols, um, their cycles of lockdown have been very similar. They've been in and out of lockdown around the same time and have been able to schedule games and matches in and around those, those, those periods. We have not been able to do that. Um, Typically, we would have a lot of countries traveling to South Africa, having a base here, preparing the climate is fantastic. The currency exchange rate is phenomenal. And teams normally would have come out to South Africa. But given the challenges of of the different cycles of the waves between Europe and and Africa, we've not had that opportunity. Um, Even the last phase of our preparation now, which was going to involve um, Malaysia and possibly India, senior teams coming out to South Africa, was all cancelled 
One, because of the pandemic in, in, in India, and we saw how that happened. Right. And secondly, Malaysia's restrictions um, were completely impossible for them to travel out to South Africa, stay here, and then have to go back and quarantine on their return. So that made it impossible for them to travel to, to SA. So it's been very difficult from a preparation perspective. We are very cognizant of that. And at this point, we support our own coaches in what they say they can deliver. They're both hoping and looking towards at least making it into the quarterfinals Mm -hmm. and then making sure that whatever happens, they remain competitive um, as a team. And we support them in in, in that uh, approach. Yeah, Marissa, always a pleasure chatting. Thank you very much for your time here today. And from all of us here at Radio 2000, please pass your congrats, your best of luck, and please let the guys know that we're cheering them on here at Radio 2000. Thank you very much, Romy, as always. Thank you so much. Marissa Langeni there, Hockey SA CEO, chatting to us. Readiness for the men and women to go and compete at the highest level. Tokyo, Japan, 23rd of July, opening ceremony. I can't wait. I was taking a look at um, the torchbearers, the lighting of the torch, how things were going. And still, it's an exciting yet daunting Um, And I feel nervous. I feel nervous for the athletes who go and represent our country um, at the end of the day because there you have it. Yes, vaccinated um, with all the odds stacked against you, yet you still go and compete and represent SA. Um, I mean, all. I really am. I mean, all of every single athlete leaving SA to go and compete at the Olympics. And I mean, I'm one of those couch fans. You know, I'm there shouting and screaming. Um, And I can't wait. I can't wait to support um, our South African teams out at the Olympics this year. Where you are, feel good. Nationwide. Feel good music. Radio 2.